1: Welcome. We are so glad you're joining us today. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Any time in the word is well spent. And so, we invite you to get your Bible and a notepad because we're expecting God to say things to us today. Amen. And we want to take note of what he does say so that nothing of that is lost. Um, We've been teaching out of my book called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow because throughout the episodes, many times I will allude to um, the event of my husband's unexpected homegoing. And I'll tell you and talk to you about different features of that and facets of that. But we want to know what's right thinking in the time of an emergency. What is the right response? Because our response is going to determine the outcome of things. And so we're just taking some time to teach in detail, And the good thing about it, we're not talking about grief and sorrow, we're talking about victory over it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah. And so uh, when we know what the Word says, then we keep the door closed to grief and sorrow. I was just talking. We we just had a you know a little time that we're talking with the studio audience here, and I like something that one of them said. And he said, you know, grief and sorrow because we've said this. Grief and sorrow can be experienced at the time of someone's home going that that spirit of grief or sorrow will try to get in, or just when um, something goes differently than you wish it to. Whether it was a lost business, a lost marriage, a lost home something that is different than what you planned. But he was talking about just sometimes in our own lives, we make decisions that we wish we hadn't made. And grief and sorrow will try to push you down at that time. We're redeemed from all of it. We're redeemed from all of the past, the past. And the devil is a master at working on the spots that he knows would try to trip up someone if we're not, if we're not thinking in line with the word, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And he's not going to accuse you with something that doesn't pertain to you. He's going to accuse you with something of your past, um, a weakness, a fault, a failure. When the the reality of it is no one's failed God like him. (laughs) No one. No No one ever has failed God like he failed God. And so uh, the good thing is we're redeemed from our failures. And uh, Jesus bore all griefs and sorrows so that we're not living under a cloud of the past, living under the cloud of an event, living under the cloud of something that turned out differently than what we wished because Jesus bore it. it, Amen. (laughs) Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely He has borne our griefs. (laughs) and carried our sorrows. Why? Because he knows that we can't fulfill what we're born for, trying to carry grief and sorrow with us. Trying to carry the grief of an event, the sorrow of an event, the grief of the past. You know what Paul said? He said those things, he said they're behind, I forget them. Why? So I can press forward. Um, You have to remember, Paul was one who helped murder Christians. So, uh, he had a past that was worth forgetting and, uh, the blood of Jesus was enough. He redeemed us. I said, he redeemed us. Um, it was in October of 2013 that my husband went home to be with the Lord, but the spirit of God was keeping us in front of that event. And uh, he said, all I want you doing is practicing peace. Yes. And so for two years, I, I emphasized that, that any thought that didn't lead me to peace, any thought that didn't arrive at me at joy, I rejected it, I resisted it, yes. I answered it, I forbid it, I wouldn't turn it over in my thought life. Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention to stay in yes. peace. You have to pay attention to your thought life yeah. to stay in peace. You won't just float into a flow of peace. Of peace. You have to choose the flow with every day you choose it. And uh, once you make the right choice and become skillful, the choosing is so easy. Right. And so we choose even peace from, from, a troubling past, yes. right? Because yes. Jesus redeemed us. I want us to go, and we're going to go a little further. And we've been teaching on this, I know, a couple of weeks now. So we ask you to go back and watch previous episodes. But I want us to look at another aspect of it. We're going to look at Second Samuel chapter 12. And in this passage, we're going to look at something in the life of David. King David, of course, um, he missed God, <laughs> Um, on this event talks about how he, um, he made some choices he shouldn't have made and he ended up with another man's wife and, uh, there was a child that came out of that and, um, that child was, had some physical difficulties and they find out that the child is dying. And so, um, for seven days, David fasted and he prayed for the child. Um, why is that? What did God... Try to kill the child? No. But when we miss God, we get on the devil's territory, you see. And uh, anyway, David was praying. And uh, we pick it up in 2 Samuel chapter 12. He had already been fasting and praying for seven days at this point. And his staff was there watching Mm -hmm. the king uh, praying, no doubt weeping in that prayer time. No doubt um, just laying everything out before God. And it says in verse 19, but when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said unto his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. See, the servants didn't want to tell him because they said, if he's, if he's in this much, uh, if he's grieving this much while the child is still alive, if we tell him he's dead, this is going to just throw him over the edge, basically. And David did something that surprised him. In verse 20, it says, Then David arose from the earth, and he washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. He didn't just stay in a place of grief, in a place of sorrow. He realized that his decisions and choices had opened the door to the enemy on him. He realized that. And... uh, but notice this, he he repented. Mm-hmm. See, once you repent, because we've all missed it. Yes. And once you repent, one of the greatest acts of faith is to receive forgiveness. Oh, and, awesome. and just go on, yeah. just go on, pick up and, and forgive yourself. Amen. And it says, so David arose from the earth, he washed and he anointed himself and he changed his clothes and he came into the house of the Lord and he worshiped. Notice this, he did not accuse God.
0: That's right. Yes.
1: He didn't blame God. Uh, because, listen, anytime, anytime there's a measure of failure, a measure of something being stolen, it's never on God's side. It's never on God's side. And the devil wants you to blame God because he knows that it'll injure your faith and it will, it will keep you from receiving the help you need at that time. And so uh, I love this. He came to the house of the Lord and he worshiped. And then he came down to his own house and and listen, God didn't reject him either. When he worshiped, God didn't reject him. I don't care how you missed it. You repent. God will never reject you. Never reject you. And so he worshiped and then he came to his own house. And when he required, and when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? See, they're they're watching this whole process, and they want to know. I want to know your thoughts on this. I want to know what causes you to respond the way you're responding. He said, You did fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, you rose up and you ate bread. What's that mean? You resumed living. Yes,
0: Yes. that's right. You
1: resumed living. In verse 22, he answers them and he said, Well, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and I wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? Now, Goodness. the thing is, if people die, that's not, that doesn't mean that God isn't being gracious. That's right. <laughs> that's right. yep. um, but he's basically saying, I'm throwing everything I know at it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And uh, verse 23, but now that he is dead, wherefore should I fast? In other words, it's not going to change anything now. Why should I fast? Why should I be depressed? Why should I grieve? It's not going to change that setting. He said, can I bring him back again? He's saying, no, me getting in a wrong place, me getting depressed, me just lingering in a place of inactivity, Mm -hmm. me not functioning Mm -hmm. is not going to bring him back. Then he goes on and here he tells us, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. In other words, I'm going to see him again, but it's not by him coming back. It's by me ending up going where he is. So what'd he do? He changed his direction. I'm no more talking about him here on earth. Now I'm thinking about when I meet him in heaven. He flipped his entire focus. He knew, what's this mean? He turned the page. He turned the page. Why? To keep writing the rest of the chapters of his life. Verse 24, and David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. Now see, she's a She's in a, in a place that, of, of difficulty too. Yes. This is her child. And David comforted Bathsheba his wife and went in unto her and lay with her and she bare a son. And he called his name Solomon and the Lord loved him. What's this happen? Well, God used a very difficult time in their life yes. to restore back to them. Oh. See, it wasn't God failing them. It was God restoring. And Solomon became one of the best known kings and one that ruled like no other king in this earth has ever ruled. And that was because of God's restoration at a very difficult time. See, God didn't fail him. God restored. Satan is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So you say, why didn't God do something? He did. He restored. He restored. Um, so we see this, that the big flow of faith and right thinking is this: you resume living yes. that's right. yes. Yes. Oh, that's so good. No amount he's saying, no amount of grief and sorrow is going to bring the child back. That's right. Grief and sorrow doesn't make anything better.
0: No. Never. No, that's right.
1: It can't restore anything. That's right. And it doesn't comfort anyone. No. It only, they only go deeper in that flow. Yes. I'm not saying you can't weep. David wept, Mm -hmm. but he did not get into a flow of grief and sorrow. Amen. Don't allow the mind to touch on, look at this, and linger on. Mm -hmm. This is the thing. You can't linger Mm -hmm. in a wrong flow or a troubling, sorrowful, grieving flow um, of what might have been. Mm -hmm. Well, if this wouldn't have happened, what might have been, this this young child would have been king. Mm -hmm but he could not linger on what might have been for this child. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. See, on this earth, it looks like things are lost. To heaven, nothing's lost. Nothing's lost. Instead, do what David did. Pick up and go worship him for what he has ahead. Worship him for his great care. Worship him that that child's in heaven, you see. That's what he did. David didn't yield to grief and sorrow. Instead, he, cur- he encouraged himself. How did he encourage himself? Right thinking. Yes. I can't bring him back, but I can go to him. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I can go to him. One day that's I'll crazy. go to him. Amen. Yes. So that's what we have to find the comfort in the truth of the word. Yes. Instead of mm-hmm. find, trying to find comfort in feelings and emotions right. that don't hold lasting comfort. Yeah. Amen. And as I said, Solomon, his, the, the one God restored to them mm-hmm. and uh, restored another son to them, he became one of the greatest kings of history. And uh, that which the enemy meant for good became a place of his defeat because God turned great restoration and blessing. And uh, under Solomon's reign, so much good happened in that nation. Yes. Amen. Sure. So I want to say this, every child that goes to heaven Every child that dies goes to heaven. Yes. Every child. Yes, and you right. say, well, we weren't born again then. We didn't know anything about, um, uh, about salvation. That doesn't matter. That's right. That doesn't matter because no child is accountable for their own sin. That's
0: right.
1: No child is accountable. There is such a thing that when a person reaches the age of accountability is what we call it. And Paul referred to that time. He said, you know, he said... Um, Sin revived and I died. What was he talking about? He said, When I became accountable for my sin, that's when I was separated from God. And so any baby, Mm -hmm. any child never goes to hell. David told us where they go. Mm -hmm. He, sure he, he he said, I can go to him. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so don't ever, don't ever let anybody say, well, because a child wasn't born again, we weren't born again. A child wasn't baptized. Yeah. Nope. They're all in heaven waiting for you. Yeah. All yeah. in heaven. Yeah. Glad, Glad to see you. Yeah. And I would say this, if there's anyone watching and you've had abortions, nobody's mad at you. Right. That's no
0: right.
1: one That's right. in heaven is mad at right. you. Yeah. That yeah. child is waiting for you and you, oh, and, God. and you will have that time yes. of of being restored to them and um the goodness of God it's because of the goodness of God so don't you ever get under it you just anything that anything any of us have ever done listen it's not just one sin that that calls for judgment we've all done something <laughs> but Jesus redeemed us. Yes. Amen. Amen. He, Amen. Took, he paid the price so yes. that we don't pay the price and God doesn't want you paying the price that's of grief and sorrow that's right. because it's a price you're not able to pay. Yes. Amen. That's right. God doesn't have anything to do with the premature death of a person, right. of an adult, a child, or anything. Yes. So we have to guard our thinking at a time of emergency. Guard our thinking at a time of crisis. Amen. As I said before, for the Christian, nothing ends at the grave. Nothing ends at the grave. And listen, this life is such a short flash of time. Amen. Uh, those who have gone before us, they are now part of a great company of believers who are watching you run your race. You know what? Those loved ones that are in heaven? you know what they're watching for? They're, they're watching are, are you running your race? Are you running? When you say, what do you mean by running the race? Are you finding out God's plan for your life and fulfilling it? Yes. Yes. Run yes. the path that God has authored for you. Yes. Amen. Yes. And you know what? They're involved from that side. Yes. They're involved from that location. They're interested. Yes. Amen. Yes. Another thing that we have to remember is that how we respond needs to be an example to someone else. Yes. Because we have examples of wrong response. The world is full of examples of wrong response, response to those who don't know what God says, who don't know what God has authored for them. And uh, God needs right examples in the earth. And so we have to choose to be a right example. You know, when my husband went home to be with the Lord, it wasn't just about me and what I've lost. It wasn't about me and what's not in my life anymore. There was a congregation I had to be mindful of. That was, he, he was such a leading role in their life and it mattered to them and it mattered to them what they saw of me because they would take their cues from us. Um, at that time I'd been pastoring for 22 years and I'd had endeavored to set an example in every arena of life. Well, this is no different. They needed to see what do you do at the crisis of life? What's the example to look like? So although I was faced with this tragedy, I was still their pastor. And I was not dismissed from being an example. Mm -hmm. Just because this tragedy struck home did not release me or dismiss me from being the example. And not only that, I refused to allow a spirit of grief get in the church. Because that's going to affect the future. Um, It can take... It can stop the momentum mm-hmm. of the movement of God in a church when there's wrong responses. Amen. and I decided no no guest minister will ever come into this church and say, "Wow, there's a spirit of grief over that congregation. Yeah. No not going to happen, Amen. not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not going to have any guest minister come in in which he weren't invited <laughs> You know. Yeah. Amen. There was a momentum of faith that was in place and I would not, and I was protecting that momentum of faith. Why? Because that's the only way we're going to move ahead is by faith. And I'm not going to stop that faith flow. And I'm not going to stop the flow of the anointing because that's so important now at this time. Now we need faith in the anointing more than ever moving. Amen. So when my kids, what I, what I did uh, the day my husband went home to be with the Lord. I, t- I knew that the first people that would be at the church was our ministry of helps, mm-hmm. those who serve in the different areas of the church. They get there, our service is around 10. They would get there around 8, 8.30, 9, somewhere, different, it, people coming in at all different times. And I said to my kids, I said, I want you to get down there first mm-hmm. because I don't want somebody else get down there and set the wrong tone. Oh. I said, our congregation will honor us because they're an honorable people. Meaning this, they will take their cues from us. Mm -hmm. If we're weeping, they'll weep with us. But uh, they're gonna look to us to say, what is our proper response to you at this time? So I said, so you need to be down there and show them what our proper response is. I don't want someone else getting in there with the wrong response. And everybody start following in line with that. I said, you get down there first. And when they come in, you gather them together and you let them know we're rejoicing. The goodness of God is still in place. The plan of God is still in place and we have a job to do. And we, you know, yes, we wish he was still here, but he's not here. So we're just going to pick up and go on and we're going to be a doer of the word he taught. That's the way we honor him. And we don't honor him by throwing this service into a hole. (laughs) We honor Him by letting faith and the Word take its place. Amen. Because I knew the people would take the cues from us and our family. So that's what I told our family. That if our family demonstrated a certain flow, that's the flow the congregation would go in. And uh, I'm not going to let the devil set the tone. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My husband's life and ministry have brought so much blessing. That was to be the focus. We're going to rehearse the fruit of his life, the fruit of his ministry, and we're gonna rejoice over that instead of letting an ending moment overshadow all the years of faithfulness, all the years of obedience. We're not going to let it be covered up by one moment of his exit from the earth. Amen. Amen. And uh, our congregation did take their cues mm-hmm. from us and we had a tremendous service of yes. worshiping and praising. Yes. Now, people might not have understood that, right. but that's okay. We, we understood it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we knew and we closed the door tight to grief and sorrow. We closed the door. And because of that, we could keep going further with God. And we continued to increase and flow and the anointing of God continued and none of God's plan has been lost. I said, none of God's plan has been lost. Uh, The church family honored my husband in the greatest way possible. They just kept being a doer of what he taught. Amen. Amen. The Word anchored us. Why? So we didn't drift off Mm -hmm. into the wrong flow. The Word is our anchor. Being a doer of the Word makes all the difference. Being a doer of the Word makes all the difference. Not just knowing the Word, being a doer of the Word makes all the difference. And so that's what we held to. Um, You know, something that Dad Hagen was our spiritual father and something that he said often. He said, um, you should take what I've built and go further. You should build upon what I've taken and go further. Well, that's what we said we were going to do when my husband exited. We were going to take what he built and we were going to go further. We weren't going to take what he built and throw it, throw it in a hole and let the devil diminish it.
0: Um,
1: but we were just going to keep moving ahead. I said, just keep moving ahead. You may be sitting there and you may be saying, Pastor Nancy, it's easier said than done. Well, the more you say it, the easier it will be to do it. Amen. 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 Um, I don't make light of anything, any situation, any difficulty, any challenge that people have gone through. I don't make light of it. And um, I would just say this, if there's if it's been a hard, a difficulty to you and a hard place for you to get past, maybe it's a broken home. Maybe it's a, you know, uh, a loss of a job or something and you've not easily gotten past that. Can I say that? It's not about just trying to pump yourself up. Mm -hmm. It's about taking the word and feeding on that word and pouring the word in, pour the word in, pour the word in. Not only that, It's so important at times of opposition, at times of crisis, tragedy, that you take time to pray in the Spirit. Take time to pray in other tongues because the Holy Ghost knows how to draw everything out that would be a tripping place, to get out hurts, get out regrets. You don't have to get them out through through counseling. I'm not diminishing counseling. Mm -hmm. But uh, talking things out, many times you're not getting it out. You're letting it in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By praying in the Holy Ghost, there's divine help in drawing out hurt. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Why you just give, you say, Father, I I I let go of it. I let go of it. I let go of it. And I've been in those times Mm -hmm. to where there were words said and actions taken that, seemed to land in me, but as I took time to pray in the Holy Ghost, it was like a divine vacuum that just went in and suctioned out every remnant, every residue of a hurt, of a situation, of the past. And I just say this, you have divine help. It's not just by bucking up. Yeah and say, give yourself a talking to. Yes, we should encourage ourselves in the Lord. Yes, we should feed on the Word. Yes, we should hold to the Word and confess it. But we have this divine help of praying in the Holy Ghost that will help draw out every remnant and every trace of a difficult situation so that joy and peace is our flow. Amen. So I encourage you in that. We don't want you to miss getting hold of the book that I've been teaching out of, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. Uh, You can go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and you can order your copy today and we'll get it right out to you. But until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you.
0: To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. It is possible to live untroubled and undisturbed even in the presence of the enemy. In this book, Peace, Living Free from Worry, Nancy Dufresne teaches us how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. Order this book now at Ministries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message.